My buddy's gonna love the show. Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! Well, we're coming from you live from Breakwater Beach, apparently. <laughs> the sound of water gushing. Guys, I'm sorry, so, I'm river rafting today. <laughs> doing the show while on the rapids. I like it. Hey, guys, so... The, the Devils, and apparently the Devils and the Hurricanes and the Rangers, nobody wants to win this division, huh? That looks it like just it. just kind of seems like nobody no, wants you take to win it. No, the you Metropolitan take it. Division. It's uh, really, we're exactly where we were, um, you know, Saturday night after the Bruins game. Uh, 109, 108, 107 as far as points. Us and the uh, Carolina, 109. We have 108. Rangers, 107. Rangers have one game left. We each have two. Nobody wants to win the Metropolitan Division. Wow. For where we are Saturday night, but with the Bobby wants to win the schedule, Metropolitan Division. I want to win the Metropolitan. He's predicted Division. that they're going to but win the Metro. Especially now that it's really looking like Pittsburgh might have an easy route to slide into that eighth spot. Yeah. No, I get you. I, I wouldn't mind facing Pittsburgh. We want them in the seventh spot, not the eighth spot. True. That's right. the problem. True. Right. Yeah. You, you don't. Um, Seventh whoever's... is looking to be what? Who do we have? Islanders, Islanders. Florida Panther or um, Panthers. Islanders and Penguins are all in the running. I can get their points yeah, up now. I mean, I'm of the three, you definitely want that. Well, it's, um, right? 92 points. points. I think Pittsburgh has a game in hand, I think. Yeah. So, um, Florida's played 81. Islanders played 81. Pittsburgh's played 80. Yeah, so Pittsburgh has that game in hand. Uh, they're sitting at 90 points. Islanders have 91, and the Panthers have 92 um, so the Panthers have one game left. The Islanders have their one. So if they each win, they'll be at 93. Panthers will be at 94. And if the Penguins win both their last two, they'll be at 94. I don't know that who has a tiebreaker. The Islanders out, but then there's a tiebreaker between them and Florida. Uh, I don't, yeah, know, I don't know who has a tiebreaker on that. But, I mean, at this point, guys, right, it really it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, Carolina's got Detroit tonight. Um, and then they have Florida on Thursday. So they're playing the same nights that we're playing. They've lost three in a row. The Rangers don't play again till Toronto. I mean, till Thursday against Toronto, um, and then we have the Sabers and the Caps uh, to finish it off. So yeah, it's uh, a division that nobody really wants to get the stranglehold on. And um, are you and, under uh, attack? You know, win. Uh, you guys talk. I'm going to mute my mic until this, <laughs> my dog stops. I think right now, as we speak, Chris is being torn apart by dogs. Listen to that. <laughs> Oh my cool. goodness! Now we could split all the proceeds by three instead of four. That That's thank good. goodness! All the how do you split be rich one dollar three thirty three cents? <laughs> um, no, I, I think that it really doesn't matter who we play except for I don't know about you guys. My Florida least favorite good. first uh, opponent would be the Islanders. I don't I know how you feel. I still agree with that. Yeah, I still agree that I mean, that was definitely be our least. I to me it looks like they're the team that's going to get slid out. I feel like Pittsburgh's going to at least get in that top eight. Unfortunately for the Islanders. But I just don't – I think Florida's secure. They got that extra point. I think that's going to hold. See, that, that would be the best case for me. Like, Florida and, uh, you know, the, the Islanders don't make it. Florida makes it and Pittsburgh makes it. And, I tell you, Florida's um, scary, though, man. Florida's scary. You're right. You're right. I think I would rather have Pittsburgh than Florida for sure. But I don't know. But what do you think, Tony? Pittsburgh or Islanders, if you have your choice of who you're oh, playing? Oh, I would play Pittsburgh in a heartbeat over yeah. the Islanders. Yeah, okay. It would be like Definitely. a no – I would – I mean – And how about Florida or the Islanders? 
you know, Florida, I think, like I said, I've been watching them lately, and they, uh, first of all, Kachuk has carried that team on his back. I mean, mm-hmm. really. And he uh, had his had his way with our team for a little while, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, you know. At least in that one game, brothers. he ran all over Heesher, right? Yeah, I mean, you know. Um, I'd still take Florida just slightly over the Islanders. So my order would be I could Pittsburgh, see that, yes. Florida, yeah. New York. I agree. Well, you know, I think it most likely is going to be the Rangers, though, which I'm totally cool with, and I think it's going to make for an exciting first round for sure. I think it'll make for a very good first round. I mean, back to what you're saying. I mean, yeah, I think the best, easiest path forward and path of least resistance would be the Penguins for the first round. I think we beat Florida. Um, I also think it ends up being, you know, like a little bit of a Pyrrhic victory. I think we will have nothing left for the second round Mm. if we go to battle with the Panthers. And I think the Islanders beat us. So Mm. that's, uh, those those are how how I feel about it. I think our, still, I agree, the best, uh, well, not the maybe not the best matchup. Best matchup would be Pittsburgh, but the most likely matchup is going to be the Rangers, and I think we'll be okay against them. Uh, the Islanders are the team that I don't want to see. Um, I've been saying it for a while. They're uh, just they're built for long playoff runs, and and I would love to see them in Boston go at it in the first round. Hmm. Because I think whoever comes out of that one is going to be considerably, like I said earlier about us against Florida, they will be considerably weaker. That's a great point. I mean, who do you want Boston to play? I can't argue with that. Let them play the Islanders. I, yep. I mean, that would be the best possible thing I there. To wear them out some. Chris, I don't, I don't agree that at this moment that the most likely scenario is us and the Rangers. Because hmm. the way the schedule holds out for Carolina and us, the way Carolina's mm-hmm. been playing... It's very likely that we win the next our last two, and they they can get three points in the next two, and we would still tie them and have the tiebreaker. Oh, we have the tiebreaker. Yes, we win our goals. We have the tiebreaker. Heads up, our goals. So even yes. with that point, I think they're going to lose one of those games, and maybe in regulation, let alone in overtime, and we could still win. With Wait, just re- refresh game. my memory. What is this? The first tiebreaker is it heads up play or is it goals? Heads up play. Okay, and we got Carolina in that? Yeah, we won two, they won one. Okay, all right. I, c- okay, I couldn't remember our season record. How many record. times did we play them? Three times? I thought we should have played them four times, so maybe I'm wrong about that. I know we have the first um, tiebreaker, so. Okay, so we got to find out what right. the first tiebreaker all right. is that's before all right. we go it, out. Maybe it's irrelevant. I was just a little um, curious. No, no Bobby, you, you know, you, I, you definitely, I mean, Carolina plays Detroit tonight. They should beat the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. They should. Then they play Florida on Thursday, and that game for Florida is probably going to be for everything. So, you know, we're finishing up with a Washington team that's out. They have nothing to play for. Um, There is that Sabre team that's really playing great hockey right now that we have to play tonight. And, um, uh, you know, that's going to be a big test because they kicked our ass last time we played them, and they have just been on a tear. Yeah. And this kid, Devin Levi, is playing out of his head. We can't lose. Whether or not though. he's in goal tonight. You know why we can't um, lose? Because. Yeah, because we got Luke Hughes. Hughes. Yeah, two we got Hughes. two Hughes. Yeah. So that's an exciting thing. Win or lose, I can't wait to see him play. Yeah, I'm very excited. So excited to see him play. Um, you know, this this was something that we talked about for weeks on this show. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and this was the game we Months. said, you know, yeah. that, that he should be in against Buffalo. Um, now, do we have a lineup? Do we know who's sitting out? Well, or I know who's paired with. Vanacek's playing tonight, I heard. I, I believe that's, that's, that's it. That, right. Oh, he's paired with he, Hamilton. They moved him up to the first Holy pairing shit. Hamilton. with Hamilton. So that's I'm sure that so what balls being moved back down with Severson yeah, and I'm guessing Smith up. is a scratch and Segenthal is scratched. 
Tell me, Damon Severson is a scratch. That'd no, be... he's not. He's play. He's down the no. third. That's too much to hope for. So we have, it's uh, Hughes, it's Hughes Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Graves, Marino, and Siegenthaler, right. Severson, B Tech in net. Okay. Okay. Siegenthaler's in. Lazar is in ball. for McLeod too. And McLeod is not skating oh, okay. even with them. He's no. yeah, he's not. He hasn't. So it's now. the uh, head rattling that we saw from yeah. the previous yeah. game. Yeah, I was a little worried about that. He, he took it hard in the head, and you know how that goes, man. A guy's almost always missing one game at least after getting yeah, a spell run you, like you that. You can't fuck around with concussions, and, you know, that's – he definitely has one. That, that <laughs> hurts, that though, hit. man. Now, He's great on face-off. Especially going to the playoffs. He's it important. hurts. Well, real quick, I mean, do they give any kind of timeline? I mean, other than the fact not that – so, okay. Not even disclosed, so, technically. And if he's seeing double, imagine yeah. him on face-offs. That's not good. No. Get him to see triple, and then he could yeah, just go fucking face the, the one in the middle. <laughs> so, what did you guys think of that hit? Because I don't think we really talked about it. I, I thought it was um, a so clean going hit. Back I really did. For the audience, for the audience listening, this was going back to Saturday night's game against the Bruins when uh, Marshawn came across um, the middle of the ice and yeah. he took a shoulder into the head of McLeod. McLeod went down like a sack of potatoes. No penalty called. Uh, I agree with you, Dan. That was a clean hit in my opinion. I know. And you say Marshawn, if you didn't see it. My inclination is to think dirty hit because he's Mershon. Right, you know, that's what he does. But I watched it. I, I watched it again, and I'm looking for anything dirty. And I really didn't see anything dirty yet, personally. I don't know about you guys. What do you think? I think it was a clean hit, but I do wish someone would have went up to him and popped him in the face afterwards. I think that was Yeah, a, there was a lot of good standing up for each other in that game, but that was one moment that was missed, right? I mean, yeah. they, that whole shit was, with Hishio that went down where there was a lot of, like, you know, pushing back and forth. Maybe they could have come up a little stronger, but you know, at least they looked better than that game against Florida earlier in the year, where they just kind of let Heesher just get manhandled. There was none of that, but um, yeah, that was one moment that I was like, "Did you guys see what happened there? Your guy just got clobbered in center ice, you know?" And nobody's doing anything about it. I, thought, uh, I, I do agree. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more or some type of response on that. But all in all, it was uh, you know a hit that was not avoidable. Um, you know. McLeod skated into it, and you know, as like you said, if any other player, you don't see it, and you hear Marshawn, you're like, you know, he's a dirty fuck. And uh, but that was a clean hit, and it sucks. It just sucks. But on a positive note, I guess we can say at least we got Lazar back. That's huge. Yes. This dude only played three games for us, and we, you know, this is a guy that was coveted yeah. by this team. We went out and got him. Now we can actually see him. We played three games. It was, took a while for him to even get here from Vancouver between his, you know. Um, passport problems and all the bullshit getting back into the states and then when he finally gets here had him in three games he gets a lower body injury we don't see him how many did, games did you hear why he decided to play today no he I, decided to play today was... because he wanted to be the first person ever to play with all three hughes brothers yeah because he was a teammate with uh quinn that's actually pretty freaking cool it's pretty cool that's awesome. I was joking. About so, but the big no, I mean, look, uh, we should, yes, we want to win. We want to beat the Buffalo. We want to win the division. I mean, that winning the division as opposed to, like, you know, standings and who would we all kind of prefer to play or whatever, none of that means anything. If this team can go from where it was last year to the Metropolitan title, division title this year, that is so huge for this team. Um, I mean, yeah. you probably have to give the uh, – Jack Adams award to Lindy on that. If they win the Seriously. division, 
Like, how do you not say Tom Fitzgerald, Executive of the Year, Lindy Ruff, Coach of the Year? I got no it's problem just... with uh, Fitzgerald as Executive of the Year. I think nobody else would. But Lindy has been a conundrum for me all year. I go no. back and forth no. on him. And and I don't just criticize him, but sometimes I think, like, he knows so much more than we give him credit for. And when things are going well, it's hard to argue that he doesn't, and it's hard to argue that he doesn't deserve the Jack Adams trophy. You know, you know we talked about the other day how he's got the room, though, right, regardless of – you know his age and, and the young kids, but he's 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 got he's, he could be a little funny. I don't know if you heard about the, uh, the Luke Hughes taking a shot at the empty net after practice. No, I did not so hear was, this story. So it was an it was an exceptionally long practice, from what I hear, at least by practice standards. And then at the end, he, Lindy called all the team over to one side and had Luke at the goal line. And the other side, he had to shoot it into an empty net, and if he didn't get it in, the team had to skate a lap. So first shot he missed, second shot they moved him up to the hash, mar- hash marks he missed, third shot he missed, fourth shot he finally got it. Uh, so the guys didn't have to skate too much. But then he was up there joking around saying that, yeah, Luke told me that the rest of the guys were out of shape, so he was going to miss a few to get him to skate. You know, just totally busting <laughs> nice. his balls. So he's got a good humor. You know, I, I, you know me, I, I think he's done a great job this year. Um, some things I have scratched my head on. It's funny because Dan mentioned – we talked about genius or Magoo, right? Look at the mm-hmm. look at like the last game. He puts Blackwood in, right? Before the game, we're all like – as we, we were all talking, we're like, what the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. End of the game, he kind of, it kind of looked like, okay, it was kind of a smart move, I'm man. Gonna, I'm going to stay with anger on that, though. Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah, Bobby, I know you were not. he's going to be in the game, yeah. but the decision-making for that will still never make sense to me whatsoever. I know, for a fact, I know one thing for a fact. The second goal wouldn't have happened. I don't know about the first. The second wouldn't have happened. That's After that, maybe Vanacek lets in five. I don't know, because Blackwood did stand on his head. Yeah, when you're absolutely. Vanacek could have had a bad night, you know. Right? And, you, and this is all hockey is. It's inches, right? So and that second that goal was inches. What's the better yeah. chance that I win? Not that crappy set on the bench about, uh, oh, it was uh, it was scheduled. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't, because yeah, Blackwood I mean, just came off the injured list like you know four who, days ago. If Blackwood had to play the last three games, which I don't believe he does, but if he had to, it's tonight. That's what he should have done, is play against the Sabres. Yes. So I will never, ever get over that. It's not going to yeah. happen. That's all right. You guys you noticed know? that lately when we play our ex-teammates, we, what, we had Palmieri killed us and Zaka. Zaka I mean, yeah. Zaka's having a good season. You know, He's over 20 goals for the first time. Had a really career. good game there. Yeah, I like Zaka. <laughs> game winner, yeah. both goals. Yeah. Just he totally creamed us. I think he needed a change of environment. I, I liked Pavel Zaka. Just I don't think at the end, I think you know it's, it was a good move for everybody. So. Pavel Zaka is one of the most underrated New Jersey Devils to ever fucking suit up with this team. This guy was a high draft choice. He was coming in supposed to be the Devils' offensive savior every freaking year for the last six or seven years, and the man is never some guys just need a team around him. You know, some guys just need a team. His goal, I believe, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that his his only score of 17 goals was his most he's ever scored in a year. Pavel Zaka is not this elite goal scorer that everybody thought he was and it's under the guys that he was drafted under was that this guy is a sniper he's he's not he's a third line winger that can chip in 15 18 goals a year that's it um so i i had a few issues with some guys last year that i didn't want back and he was my number one on the list I did not want Pavel Zaka back. I didn't want Tomas Tatar back after last year. Yeah. I thought the guy was fucking invisible and he shouldn't be there, and I didn't want him there. Um, this year, he's completely turned it you know, around. And that's the thing with sports. Sometimes, like, and it's just like in a lot of things in life, you, you have to make the best decision available to you at the time, and that's right. the process. And if you have a good process, guess what? You don't always get a good outcome. And sometimes, 
if you make a crappy decision, you luck out. Just like maybe putting in Blackwood last game. He, he gave you a very competitive stand-on-his-head game for most of the game there. And maybe that was the best thing. Like you said, who knows? Vanacek could have shit the bed that game. It's possible. And if you look at what happened with Zaka and Hala. Okay. Hala, I will tell you that until recently, he's kind of underperformed this year. That's what I think most people would agree with. And then, you know, what we're hoping we got him for is right now, the playoffs. So we're going to see how this pans out. He's he's a senior guy on a very young team, so he has a role to play that Zaka couldn't play. And Zaka was just not performing well. Like you said, he was just never living up to those crazy expectations. I don't think it was a bad move to make. Is it look kind of like maybe it was because he's doing so well with Boston? I guess. But again, I, I chalked that up to the same reason that you know, Blackwood turned out a good game. Maybe it wasn't the, right. you know, a, it was just the, what the outcome was. There just is, some luck to that. And I, the intangible I, is I, huge, too. You, and it can't be denied. Like, Paula brought something to the locker room that we don't get to see. But he's definitely a major part of the turnaround, even if he just started scoring, like, recently. Because remember, Hall was snake bitten at first. I've talked about yeah. this several times. Hall at first, there was many times he just missed. It was hitting the, the pipes. It was just constant. There was a couple months there where you always thought he was going to score. And he just wasn't getting it in. But he's. I never, I never went on a whole lot of bitching about Hall, especially in the regular, in the beginning of the year when Dan and I were doing this and stuff. Hall was never uh, a guy of you know what the fuck because mainly because you had scoring from all the places and you can right. see just to the average fan you can see what Eric Holla was bringing to this team without their necessarily the goals and be you know in the net because we didn't necessarily need him to score a lot of goals right. he was a third line center we needed him to win faceoffs we need him for that um, that veteran leadership and he does a lot of the little things he plays very good situational hockey he does a lot of good things to help this team so him not scoring in the beginning um, didn't it has not bothered towards the middle of the season. Eric, we were wondering Eric about Holla. that shot of his, though, right? Yeah, Remember that? Yeah, well, he does have a he does have a weak ass. Yeah, shot. like if if, if, yeah. if if he's in the slot and he's got a, a rip a, a slap shot, it's most likely getting stopped because yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, but he can score some. But goals. He's a playmaker. So too. He's a playmaker. Now the thing is with with Pavel Zaka, and I think that Pavel Zaka would have had a pretty darn good year playing on this yeah. devil team with these guys. I do think so. Pavel Zaka being every year that he's one of our guys. He's going to be one of our main goal scorers. All this, this all the shit line, that was thrown there. on him. Yeah, first and second line, this and that. That's not how, That's not Zaka's I know. Goal. I would Zaka's love to ask Fitzgerald is, if, if he knew how good this team was going to be this year, because I do believe it surprised him and everyone. Would, oh, would totally. he have kept Zaka one more year? I think he might have. I really I, wonder. He wouldn't, I think. I think he wouldn't have been um, quick to pull the trigger, let alone, I mean, you did get a nice one-for-one. I don't see too many Devil fans bitching and moaning that we have Hala and not Zaka. Or in Boston, vice versa. Everybody's kind of happy with it. I think the change of scenery was the best thing that could have happened for Even if he was at 25-plus goals, I think you know that that's not the situation that would have happened with the Devils. It's not like he was ready to bust out and be a thirty-goal scorer. No, well, there, there is no busting out. Right. This is this is who Zaka is. Right. There's no busting out. He's if he gives you twenty goals, he had a very good year. But he's most likely going to be in that 15, 17, 18 goal goal range. Um, be a third line winger that can contribute. He's going to be what we're basically have Hala to be right now. Now, and I also think Hala might, if he's back next year, and we don't know, but if he is back next year, I do see. I think his production will go up a lot in season two 
as opposed to season one, only because I look at what happened with Tatar last year. It was a bad team, but it was a bad team that he wasn't comfortable in, and we didn't really know where he Absolutely. fit. Absolutely. What a night and day uh, change for right. for uh, Tatar, right? I mean, last, yeah, and last I, year and he was really n- nothing special, and it just looked like right, another guy deserved to be on that team. But this right, year, and I'm curious if at the end of last year, if he was even thinking like, "What am I doing here? Like, I, this is not a place that I, uh, yeah, that I, I feel like I can be successful." It's another one of those and guys, then, though. You know, part of it was a product of how he wasn't playing well. But you know, once he really got sailed into some top line minutes and realized like I could still be play my game because I got Heisher and Mercer with me doing their thing, it just really started to click for him. I mean, if he were yeah. still sitting there, maybe up and down our third line, like a Zaka role. Maybe he's not doing much either, you know? That's very true. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the hollow Zaka trade. I think it worked out great for everybody involved. So that's all you can ask for when it comes to a trade. I was glad that Zaka was gone. Only because I just felt, too, like there was so much pressure since the day that this kid was drafted to be something that he's just not. I remember you know? you... reading, like, three years before he you know made the national hockey league when, when we drafted him something about you know an interview the devils are you know a low scoring team and this and that i remember like the quote not a direct quote but something like oh well i'm gonna have to help change that you know what i mean like it was all about like i'm coming in here i'm gonna score the goals yeah. be the offensive spark plug and enough. pissing vinegar in the 18 year old's eyes Did you guys you notice that when that uh with, with the hit on mcleod when uh, they were all like you know everyone was going at it in the corners or uh, you see Zaka, and he's holding. I forget who he was holding back, but you could totally tell it was like, come on, you, know, you could. There was like a connection there. He still had this connection to the Devils, you know. Like, yeah. it was. A, you could just see it. it was, to me, it was kind of funny, actually. You don't want to throw down with your buddies, but you still. He plays for Boston now, so yep. he's an enemy. Gotta. So, uh, you know. So this is really interesting, Bobby, that you said that Luke Hughes will be playing up with Hamilton. So mm-hmm. this means that this isn't just let's get a look of, at Luke and see how this is. Let's give Luke uh, the most minutes that we possibly can give. I think this one. is the most and exciting thing about these last two games is like, can I, we I, fit Hughes in in this short amount of time to a playoff spot? This is literally what a playoff he, look. That's where Chris is going with this. They want to make right. sure they yeah. can play him so, in the first mm-hmm. round. Right. Where does this? What does he have to accomplish? To get a spot Patrick, on that Patrick or Bust. next week, Patrick or Bust. I'd like to see him hit the cycle. I think he's going to be <laughs> in playoffs. I think he's going to be on. The, I have a feel. I know people. Are, we were talking last week, and there were some views that he's not. I think he's going to be on the roster for some reason. Really you were the so. one saying. You were one of the ones saying he wasn't going to be on the roster. That was no, last no, week. I don't think I said that. Actually, <laughs> yeah, okay. I, back the tape. I was the one who said we yeah, absolutely has, have has the tape. See. Well, we have to see Luke. Luke and you guys, will not play you and Bobby playoffs. didn't think you were going to see My name's Andy. Yeah, I don't Andy know, but I'm Andy. thinking that he might be. I mean, all the stuff I'm reading this week, it just it has the vibe that that is the plan for them. Well, it should be the plan. I mean, it, it's you don't have a super strong, you know, defensive core. If you can get a guy in there that's responsible defensively and can, you know, help you, especially I want to see him. I'm wondering if they're going to put him on the second uh, wave of uh, the power play. Because that's where I want to see him. I want to see this guy quarterback in a power play. Um, I want to see him, uh, Hamilton, take the first uh, wave, have Hughes quarterback in the second wave. I would really like to see that. And that could be something to catapult our second power play unit. Um, our power play is definitely needs to get a little kick in the ass. And I think it'll happen. I mean, I think come playoff time, things will click a little bit more for these guys. They're just all too good to not produce on the power play. Um so, 
now I think we can look at this. One point behind Carolina. Each of us two games in hand. We finish up Buffalo, Washington. They have Detroit and Florida. If we get one point tonight, we tie up home ice. Am I wrong about that? We get one point. We will tie Hopefully up as tie. long as they we, don't get any. If they get zero points, we get one. We're tied and we hold the tiebreaker. Wait, who no, are we no, talking I'm about? Rangers. Home ice. So home ice would be the second oh. seed. So if we one get one point, point tonight, yes. we cannot drop past number two. Correct. Is that right? Yes, correct. Okay. So that's that mission needs number to be one. The, that needs to be the main goal. One and point. that's it. Just yep. get the point and see what everything else lands. But if you end up pulling out a point and, let's say, Detroit beats Carolina and now we're tied with one game left, yeah, I mean, we got a hell of a chance to go and win that division. And, uh, I mean, that that – now, I didn't think a week ago we were going to be in this position. I didn't think Carolina was going to fumble the you know, the way that they have over yeah, the last three game Yeah, but they have three-game losing streak, right? Yeah, so, um, you know, this is right there. Uh, I, I tell you, as much as I want to play the Rangers, I'm super excited about the possibility of winning the Metro. Yeah, you have to be. I, you know, you really do. Yes. First of all, the players still want to win every game. They're not sitting here going, ah, Thursday's Washington, I'm going to sleep on this one. They might rest people, but they're not thinking that. They're competitors. They want to win either way. So to win the Metro, maybe you win out. What a great feeling, right? You went out, to took the Metro, the Metro on the last day. You play who you play. Yeah. Yeah, Tony, I mean, you don't I, want to win I, the Metro? I do. I definitely want oh, to. Oh, we were oh. saying this this week. I think, well, I don't know, someone will say they don't want to win the Metro. I want to win the Metro because. Well, I, is it just a fear of the Islanders? That's why? They don't I'm not afraid. I mean, we're, it's going to be tough no matter who we're playing, man. Let's just jump in I agree. Fire. I agree. We're talking about like little variations New here. Orleans. I mean, Pittsburgh, I think, is the favorite. If you if you're the Devils, you want to play them, but not by really that much, and they're all separated by some kind See, of I kinda, small amount. I, of I disagree. I think that we will. I, I just I don't see us beating the Islanders. I can see us beating every other team that we play. The Islanders will bracket. beat us. I think yeah. I think we could yeah, beat anybody. I, I mean, I think we can, but I don't think we can beat the Islanders yeah. in a seven game series. Very very you might be right. You might be right. Just it's something that you know. I, I, you see these playoff matchups all the time, and you see these these teams that come in seventh, eighth, even you know, depending on the old way, six, seven, eight. You know, battling for to get into the playoffs. You, these upper echelon teams have kind of been set. Maybe their seating's not, but they've known they've been in for a month, two months. These bottom guys are playing their asses off for the last month of the season. They're playing playoff hockey the entire way through. That's why you see so many of these bottom seed upsets on these first seeds every single year. For as long as the hockey playoffs, NHL playoffs have been going on, you see it. And matchups are so important in in the playoffs. And I just think we match up, especially over a first playoff series, against a team like the Islanders, I think it could be catastrophic. If we have to meet the Islanders in the second or third round, get a playoff round, a playoff round win behind us, maybe my tone will change depending on how things will play. But I just think we they know how to beat us. They've done it. They do it. They know the game that they have to play to beat us. And they play it almost you know what? to perfection. You're, you're right to an extent. And I agree with you. I would say 90%. But here's one thing I think that works in our favor. I think this Devils team may be a stronger seven-game series team than we're giving them credit for. Now, I could be wrong. They could get disheartened by a really strong Islander outing – game one, game two, and just fold like a house of cards. But I don't see it. I see that the Devils, like they've done all year, will adjust and play better as they go. 
They got that youth. They got, to, and that's what makes them so scary. I think if you're the Islanders and you're going, and I got an Islander fan uh, who's a, a buddy of mine I work with, and you know, it, we were talking about this possible matchup, and he's like, yeah, you know, Islanders are good, but those Devils are scary. And I know what he means. You know, like he, you don't know what their upper upper level can be. You just know that they just keep getting better. They have all that. Like they don't ever get tired. The closest they seem to them getting tired all year was in that last game with Boston. And, you know, Boston plays a similar game, so don't get me wrong. You're not far off base with the same kind of fears I have. But I think they, I think it could work out even if we have to play, play the Islanders. I hope you're right. I hope so. I really do. I hope you're right because, I mean, look, I don't want to see this team. Nobody wants to see this team go out in the first round. Um, and I just think – and I, I like the way we match up against the Rangers better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'd like to see the Rangers. Now, is there? Any, I guess there's really uh, there's if we win the Metropolitan, there's just no way we play the Rangers. They're pretty much set. They can move to two, yeah, but they most they likely can. set it. Yeah, three. No, that's it. Yeah, right. So I mean, so home ice is basically all we're playing for tonight. Now, if Carolina wins tonight and we lose tonight, it's pretty much. I guess unless they lose and we win the last game, we hold the tiebreaker. Right. So, yeah, the whole thing's just going to come down to Thursday now. It really is. Uh, it's going to go all the way to the wire. I want to win this division strictly for the simple fact of being able to say, look where we were last year, basically worst to first, win the division. That's I, awesome. Uh, they brought it up in the ESPN game, the, the game against – and I think they said that the Devils are a couple points away from the biggest point jump, right? What is What yeah, was the numbers, Bobby, remember? On Saturday, I think it's thir- – 37 points, I think it was, and we had a chance on Saturday to make a 39-point jump, Okay, I, I, if I'm right. And so, obviously, we still have that chance uh, tonight. So, and that would be a, a record-setting since there have been 82-game uh, 82 82 seasons games, right. that, that no team has made a bigger jump from one year to the next. That is an amazing stat. I didn't That's even impressive. realize that that was on the table. That's a, like an NHL record for, like you said, worst to first or close to worst. To yeah. close to first. I mean, it's the biggest point jump well, in one season. When Impressive. you look at the teams, too, that did it, the types of teams like the Penguins and like the right. Avalanche, and then you look at the comparables of the types of players and lines that they had in the mm-hmm. center depth, you can see how this team fits into that mold yes. of yep. doing the same thing. Let's face it. We got our own Crosby. I mean, these teams are, are like an elite team this year. Yeah. I think it's, it's still really hard for me to kind of comprehend that as we've been talking about this. We sit on top of the league with a very good chance of winning the hardest division in the sport yep. this year. And Definitely. It, you know, it's just it's still By the way, we got enough amazing. points to win both divisions in the West. Am I wrong? I think that we well, have right enough. Right now. Right now at 108 points, we're sitting 45 points ahead where we were. We finished last year. Which is amazing. 45 points ahead. Well, I might have I mean, my numbers I mean, uh, honestly, uh, 22 more wins. Think about it. Like that's crazy. The Devils have already won the season, you know, for the fans in that regard everything else here is gravy i mean i'm hoping they have an awesome playoff run you know how much we believe in them and that's why we think hey wait a second don't be satisfied with a first round and out a second round and out don't be satisfied with anything less than a cup but let's face it they've 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 really won the season already in all honesty the only way that this could be a little disappointing and and this is not a big disappointment if it is a kind of a really crummy first round Mm -hmm. they don't at least maybe advance and get to a second round and really start to get into that playoff feel where you really get that 
you know, that's what the playoffs are for next year. I think if, Get I mean, that if we experience. could shout out 4 nothing or 5-1. It's hard to say that's I good mean, experience next, yeah. for next year, right? Yeah, because look, 2018 didn't catapult us anywhere, you know? It just no. probably sounds no, and you wouldn't anymore. sit there. You wouldn't sit there and say that Heischer and Brett and these guys have playoff experience. Right. They don't. Right. They exactly. you, you start going. You know what, you know what it's like to win a round? Yeah. That right. kind or of energy. if you're going to lose the first round, it's got to be some kind of epic game seven, three overtime, you know, loss that you're going to like, okay, they're going to remember that experience and they're going to take something from it. But you're right. It can't be like four or five games and out. That's That doesn't look like be. good experience for next year. Yeah, I don't think so. And I also, I also said this back when we were like probably doing our thirteen during our thirteen game win streak. But and I had said this that I don't think there's anything that would propel this team in the playoffs moving forward. Like nothing would get strap a rocket to their ass more than beating the Rangers in the first round. I think that would just light, turn a switch that I don't know if these guys will be able to turn it off. Um, because they're just can be so good and playing that team with that emotion with in in that arena and we go and we take that series that's a very nice time thank you you know can you hang it from something i or? like it so i wish that we were <laughs> so now on season finale yeah. <laughs> so but yeah i i just think um that if we go and beat the rangers in that first round i do think it could catapult us through the through the eastern conference into the eastern conference finals 100% I really believe this that. young team pretty good chance that any round to do that too any matchup yeah that's what i was thinking like maybe the rangers is too much of a uh like uh, emotional charge like you know if you're going to script this and you want to build something i almost think pittsburgh would be better because nobody has an emotional stake in pittsburgh you know not even people in pittsburgh (laughs) i think that there was i think the pittsburgh penguins will be the best team to kind of tune these guys up yeah I think you can beat Pittsburgh, and I don't think anything will be five easy. Games, but I think. Yeah, you, I think, yeah, I think five games, they could probably do it. Yeah, you're not uh, maybe expecting four. injuries in that um, series, and that's huge. Right, I mean, of course, you know, that all I mean, comes anything could play, happen, but, but, you know, some teams will grind right. you up more than others. Apples to apples, we should beat Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if it ends up being where if we play Pittsburgh, so that would mean that we won the division, which means Carolina would play the Rangers, and we would then play whoever comes out of that series. So I think Devils-Rangers' second series would be a lot cooler to see, just to have like that build-up. We each have a playoff win. We each got some experience. I hope the Rangers are beat up a little bit. They're both in it, though. You know, like they're both there feeling it, and then we can just go and smack them in the mouth and move on to Boston in the Eastern Conference Final. That would be uh, ideal. But... Again, like we've said a million times, we have no control over this shit. I think we move on to Islanders in the Eastern Conference Final. Well, yeah. And if the Islanders uh, play Boston, no. I'm I mean, still it's probably not, to but that'd Boston. be great. It's hard to predict you know, Boston losing any round besides the Conference Final, and even then. I mean, Chris said it weeks yeah. ago, and I think a lot of us Say it to disagree. every President's Trophy winner. Well, he did say that if any team could come in here and beat Boston, it would probably be the Islanders. And I just want to tell you, listening to a lot of the analysts, they're pretty much saying the same thing. Like, if just if anybody can like match their style of game it's that dark horse right. down there so yeah in that case though if you're talking about and a once again final, the i'd rather pick the islanders in the finals than boston and one, once again the uncle puckers are talking about things months before the analysts are talking that's about right. things. So we've done this we do this all the time Mind if dropping. people would just listen to our the podcast, analysts are listening that's, that's the hardest part isn't it to get them to listen, all to four get of them our listeners are analysts yeah, exactly. It's probably just PK. Speaking My of. Mom, PK. We, we got to get PK on pretty soon. 
been listening. Yes, we did. listening to a lot of NHL radio today, hearing just great things. I mean, just positive things all around when it comes to the Devils. Um, just a couple comments to make. There, there was one guest on, don't know the name. Um, the only thing I didn't like is they were talking about how you know he was saying giving New Jersey praise about how that would be kind of his uh, dark horse Stanley Cup kind of champion. Um, thinking that uh, you know most teams um, you know we flew under the radar and uh, you know they didn't take us serious for most of the year we're gonna catch them off guard and that kind of set me back a little bit where I was like I don't think we've caught anybody off guard since maybe game nine of that 13 game winning streak so I didn't really appreciate that I think that other teams out there are thinking oh it's just New Jersey we're gonna go in there and wipe away I think it's complete opposite so I didn't agree with them on that and then the only other thing I wanted to bring up is that I have a big problem with Linda Cohn. You guys remember Who? Linda Cohn? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. This goes way Why back to when Linda Cohn? one comment she made when Marty was in his prime, okay. basically saying he was overrated. And I could never get over that and then hearing her voice. <laughs> so Linda Cohn was on today, and here I am working. I'm like, oh, shut up, Linda Cohn. You're awful. But even she said at the end here that um, when they're on their game, she's like, and she was speaking as if she was a devil. She's like, we're on our game. We can beat anybody. Allude to the fact that they can take this thing right to the top. Cause we're talking about the charge in Carolina. So just, uh, again, a lot of devil's chatter today, a lot of um, optimism. And a lot of these guys saying, you know, this this is a team that can really, you know, make some moves in the playoffs. And I think a lot of people, too, especially the analysts are, you know, when it comes to the Devils, nobody knows. Nobody has a clue. We can only look at this season. And, you know, this season we go, you know, we start the season out in November where the 13-game win streak is happening. They honestly look like the best hockey, one of the best hockey teams I've ever seen in my life. During that clip, statistically, they were. They literally were. And then you go into November, uh, December rather, and the wheels fall off a little bit and we give up that huge cushion that we had and we lose a ton and, you know, things are very out of place. So, and I know Dan and I talked about this in length going into January. Okay, we've, they had just played the Penguins on a Friday night. It was a big win. I believe it was a shutout. It was a big win and that was kind of the, the game that, took us out of that losing skid in, in December. And it was, I think, the last game of December was a Friday night against the Penguins. We won it. Things got back on track. But after that game, Dan and I did a show. And we were both saying, look at November and then December. They were polar opposites from each other. What does this team really look like? You know, what? What? they're not the best team that's ever played. They're not this shitty team that was playing in mm-hmm. December. They got to be somewhere in the middle. Now, are they more towards the November team? Or are they more towards the December team? Yeah. We that didn't was know a million-dollar question. Yeah. That was a million-dollar question. Well, the question's been answered. They were most definitely more towards the November team. Absolutely. Uh, Tony had said a while ago, and I believe it still stands true, uh, it's super hard to see this team lose four out of seven to anybody. They are that good. Uh, they do have all the pieces, and barring injury, which does lead me to come to an- another question. Two two games ago, I believe, or was it? Yes, it was two games ago. It was Thursday night. I believe that was the the Columbus, Columbus game. Columbus. Right. And Jesper Bratt went down. 
you guys remember yes. this? Went to the went to the locker yes. room. Bill Spalding told us every thirty seconds that Jesper Bratt wasn't back on the bench yet. Yeah, made you want to Thank kill you, him, Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, my God, he's out of his he's out of his mind. But anyway, I, I don't know what he's going to do in the playoffs. So, somebody's going to have to calm him down. <sighs> Isn't it funny Bill with him and Danica? They go back and forth like Danica. It's always like the, well, luckily we only they only exactly. have like the first round because yeah, like, everything national. else goes to TNT. Yeah, in the second round, but but. So Spalding's telling us every 30 seconds that Brat isn't back on the bench. Now, I don't know how you guys felt about this, but in no way, shape, or form did I think, oh, we're fucked. We're done. And I said that to my, my Karen, my wife was next to me. She goes, is this a big deal? I'm like, of course it's a big deal if he's out for any kind of considerable time, but I don't think it derails us in any way. And then I stopped and I was thinking about it. Who on this team if they went down, would derail us. And I came up with two people, right. and that's it. I got three, and that's it. You got three. Okay. Well, mine yeah. are, are Zach Hughes yep. and Vanacek. Okay. Those are the only two, in my opinion, if they go down, we're fucked. I'm going to add Hamilton. That's a good one. I, I, I That one would, I would hurt, but I wouldn't put the dagger in us. Who do you I'll, take I'll agree with one. you. He's, he's maybe like a distant third. Oh, okay. You're yeah. Distant. Who do you guys think? Yeah, Jack Hughes is obviously Vanacek. number one, Jack and then it has to be Vanacek. And for me, yeah. I think he should be number three. Yeah, mm, another good one. Yeah, another good one. See, I, I could see us winning series, you know, not the cup, but winning a series or two maybe without a lot of those guys, but Mercer? not without Hughes. Again, uh, you know, it'd be a huge loss. Huge but loss, I don't right. think this team would. I think this team would be okay. I think they'll be okay. Now, Bobby, what were you saying? Who would you take out? Oh, no, no. Originally, you asked for two, and when Dan asked okay. for Hamilton, I didn't know if he was calling oh, Hamilton right. number two or like a three. No, so Meyer would be a nightmare too. If Meyer got hurt, that, you know, I think that would be a a big chip off the table. You're right. You're right. I mean, there's I, I a, agree. A bunch there's of them. a lot of guys that you don't want to lose. And Brat would probably I'm, be right there with Meyer. Yeah, my but I think that if any of them go down, and we find out today that you know. Meyer's not going to be around available for the playoffs, or Brat's not going to be available to playoffs. Yes, it's a huge blow, but I think this team. I mean, here's you know, the stop and line. think about the depth compared to the year they went in with Taylor Hall. I mean, right. I mean, they had they no had depth no at depth. all. I mean, none. You, you really, if, it didn't matter Hughes, who you lost. Then if Jack Hughes gets hurt today, and they say he's not playing a playoffs. I'm saying we lose the first round. You know what I mean? That's me. Just no doubt. we're done. But any other player, no, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's panicking, Bob. I really don't. I think that's. You know he's the glue. Yeah, he's he is the glue. the glue of this team. He's the linchpin. You can't take you take the linchpin out. So everything's going to crumble. And we saw it. The guy was out for like six games. It took us like four games just to figure out what the hell the other guys were doing. I know. Like he really is so important. Even when he's not touching the puck, the man is more the most important guy on the. Looking long term, they got to find a way to be at least five hundred when Jack Hughes isn't part of the team. And, you know, if they're going to be in a dynasty kind of team. And it's crazy to have this conversation right now, but if they're going to be a dynasty team over the next five, seven years, they need to find a way to be good enough to win at least 500, if not better, uh, when he's not in the lineup. You know what's and, funny about that, Dan, though, is I do remember when he was hurt this year, I actually, they had a positive record while he was hurt, which just doesn't, right. is not, makes it, you know, it doesn't count towards the playoffs. But when you say that, I'm thinking to myself, I actually remember them winning most of those games when he was out. And it was just kind of mentioned a few times, you know? Yeah. I think if he goes out for the whole playoffs, there's no way you can dream no, of a yes. Stanley Cup. But if he went out for a few games, I think this team could find a way to, you know, hold it together until he oh, came yeah. back. Oh, no, I'm saying out for the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's He's the one guy... He's definitely number one. You don't want to lose. And right behind him is Vanacek. And I'll tell you this: it would be uh, more of a distant second on Vanacek if 
we had done the Schmidt experience a little bit better and came in with a, a guy who we could believe in. Because all we got for number two is a guy we can't believe in. And, you know, I'm hanging my hat on his last performance. That's the thinnest thing to go in the playoffs with as far as, like, my belief in my number two. But I'm hoping that's enough if we ever need it. And I'm hoping most of all we don't need it. Yeah, no, I'm really hoping that we have a third guy that we can add to this thing in the you know by next week, and that's Luke. That's what I'm hoping. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he yeah. just comes out, and we're like, holy shit! Imagine if we had this guy all year. Everybody says he's like NHL ready, that, yeah. but that's big talk around a guy who hasn't played a game yet. So when we see this, it's going to be amazing. Lot, I, I really hope it's got, for the best. He's got a lot of hype around him. That's for sure. Um, you know. And, and, let alone his own God-given ability, um, you know, being Jack's little brother, that brings its own, uh, you know, bit of uh, attention to you uh, on it. And people, everybody's going to be interested in how Luke does tonight. Definitely. And I do agree with t Tony. I, I think he'll be in for the playoffs. I do. I think that this kid is going to – I'm, I'm going to throw it out a hot take, if you will, but he will impress enough over these next two games that he will be in for every playoff game. There's a lot of stuff I've been reading kind of indicates that. You know, and when we go back to these players that are so important, when I look at so say if we play the Rangers in the first round, there's two players I think that will be the biggest in that in that series, I think Meyer and Jack Hughes. And Jack Hughes has shown it. Jack Hughes strives against the Rangers. I mean you, you Yeah, know, he does well. He loves playing against them. He just it's almost fun to him, which is a nice you know, he's like a little he's like a little kid out there, which he, well, he understands the rivalry. He understands yeah. that he's the, he's the new it devil and he wants to carry this team against them for sure. And Meyer at the end of that Boston game I liked I liked that he nailed the dude, yeah. man. Yep. Uh, I, I thought yep. that was that was was nice to see, and I think that that is he's going to be a big force for in that Ranger exactly. game, man. That Ranger series. You know, it was those those first couple of games, you can really see a difference between Timo Meyer in the first few games that he was in, and just trying to figure out things, and then now now seeing feeling comfortable. I mean, right off the bat, that uh, I think it was the game uh, against Pittsburgh on Tuesday night last week. It was his first shift, and he just took somebody right into the boards. A beautiful hit, like that's the shit that we need our forwards to he's do. He's a devil now. I feel like that. He looks yeah. like he look. He's a devil. Yeah, your, I, I I know what you mean. What's your overall assessment on what we got for him? Because I'll tell you mine. I think we got exactly what I wanted to get from him in his body, his power, his shot. Like I think he's exactly the team of Meyer we wanted. What do you guys think? Did, is he okay. exactly as advertised? Yeah, yeah, definitely as advertised. as advertised. So excited to see what he brings to the playoffs because he looks like. One of those guys who could totally change the series, yes. who can you know provide us what we need in that really tight physical series. And I think so, he wants you know, to be there. I think, like Chris said last week, I think he will be back because I think he wants. I think he likes being a yeah, devil. He's. I had a question on that. He, yeah. So he's got a restricted free agent, ten million dollars for next year, right? Do they? Yes. Do the other teams still have that? Match it or go above it? They can't. They they can go above in a written offer and I, again I could be wrong about this but I'm 95% sure that what that means is the devils have the right to match any other they give them last 10 look it's not automatic if somebody no. give and somebody else gives them 11 we are allowed to give them 11 right. plus 1 we right. if we give them well, if we if yeah. we give them the qualifying offer and he says you know sure I'll sign and I'm there, and he just doesn't even explore free agency at all then that's and not a big deal then he's ours. Then he can sit down with Tom Fitzgerald. Claude can sit down with Tom, and they could say, okay, how much, and hand out a five-year deal or four-year deal, whatever they want. If you're Timo Meyer, um, and you're going to do that, you might as well at that point rip up that contract, write your next contract, and just stay here. Because otherwise, why not yeah, listen to I think, people that want to give you 12? 
which is exactly what I think he's going to do. I think he's going to sit down and say, you know, look, if I even if I come here, I don't want to move next year. I don't want to move in 2024, 25 season. Like, let's just, you know, he like if he likes, especially if they have playoff success, when and he feels when they you have know, playoff success, yeah, uh, when they have playoff success, <laughs> no matter how far it is, whether it's you know if they win the cup, then yeah, when he's probably when they win the cup, when they win the cup. But if he gets if we get really close and we don't win it, that's going to be another little extra incentive, I think, for him to want to sign. Uh, but I do think no no it wasn't but you know look what happened to him so Zach goes out and he goes back to Minnesota doesn't win anything ends up you know the lore in Minnesota is just how bad him and and Sutter fucked up that locker room and the bottom line for the amount of money that they were paying those two dudes they couldn't sign anybody to this day Billy Guerin still has money on the books for uh, Zach Parisi and what's he been with the Islanders now his third season you know, so that's that's a little Bruce, crazy. Bruce broke my heart when he did that shit, man. That was uh... yeah. I think he he broke everybody's heart in New Jersey when he left. I mean, he had the he had the chance to go down as the greatest offensive player in the history of New Jersey Devils history. Now he's just a guy. Yeah. In, in, in his whole career, he's just a guy. That's right. Yeah. What a shame. I buy into that you know, stuff. And... I love the career devil thing. Even Marty, oh. I'll give him a pass for those six games. You know what I mean? But. But I'm into that, and when Parisi did that, I just thought it was real. I'm like, dude, you came within a couple of games of winning the Stanley Cup. Does unfinished business mean anything to you? And, well, I used to love know, Gomez. I still like Gomez. I loved Gomez. I'll tell you the truth. When he left, when he went to the Rangers, I, I remember there was a period where I did not like Gomez. I was just like, yeah. it, it was just, I had to see him in that uniform, man, it just killed me. That was know? hideous to see in his uniform. really was. I look yeah. at it like the, those guys were like, you know, the band was breaking up, and they all saw the writing yes. on the wall. All of them, so I, I get it. You know, like those aren't yeah. the only guys who who fled. No, but I'll go back to Patrick Elias when he was a free agent. When when he was dealing with Lou, he he knew he wasn't going to go to the Rangers, but he did call Lou and said, "Hey, you know, the Rangers are calling me." He he yeah. said he was never going to go there. I like that. To me, yeah, you're right. I like and that's whatever. That's why do, his numbers hanging in the Raptors. You're right. Yeah. He's yeah, exactly. he's that character. And, and you know, you're talking about guys that left at. Uh, like Dan said, you know, the, the ship was sinking. You know, these wheels were pretty much off the, the cart already when these guys started uh, going into free agency and getting out of Dodge. Uh, this team is so new, and it's so, you know, this is, like we've said a gazillion times, so ahead of schedule. Why wouldn't you want to be on the ground floor of this? Yeah, like, well, if you're a team O'Meyer and, you know, where am I going to go that I have an opportunity Dude, to Especially with a good playoff like performance, here. you're going to see nothing but yeah. players – you know, bending over backwards to come to New Jersey. That's now we might happen. get team-friendly contracts, next, I believe, and, once in a while. Absolutely, you know? next couple of years, so hopefully those, that's what you're going to get. You know, we're, you know, for the players, too, for the players that care about this, you know, it used to be a day, you know, remember, um, Lou Lamarillo was in charge of everything, including marketing, and he did not like marketing and marketing the team. No. And now they have that, they have all the promotions, they got sold-out buildings, they got Jack Hughes, I just saw him on a commercial the other night, like, doing something. Like, these guys are getting that secondary notoriety if they want it, you know, if you got to be Jack Hughes or, or someone similar, of course. Yeah, but Lou didn't let the other guys exactly. do that. So that's yeah. another yeah, you know, thing. Right. It's another barrier that's broken down now for players that want to come here. But winning does everything. That's the bottom line, right? If they start winning yes with this no. core, yeah, we are desirable for sure. I will say this, that winning works for most teams to be able to attract higher-end talent to come and everything like that. We, we were winning our cups back in, you know, 2000s. Nobody wanted to come here because of the style we played. 
that's what it came down to. You know, it's like nobody wanted to come. If you were a 50-goal scorer, you're not going to come to New Jersey where they're going to make you play, you know, defense over anything. You have to be responsible. To, like Patrick Kane would never have been as successful as he yeah. was playing on the 2003 there's, Devils. It's just, you know what I mean? You're not like, wrong. This is, but there's also a secondary at, marketing thing going on. Like, you know what? You know what's Henrik, really, no, 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 like, yeah, Henrik Lundqvist made so much money selling watches in New York, and he never won right. anything. And but that's, my, I mean, you know I'm saying that he made more money than, remember Corey Schneider was like selling like, I don't know, <laughs> like bank cards, debit cards and shit. Yeah. And it I was like the that. corniest, like low rent commercial. Yeah. And Lundquist has made bank, you know, as a ranger and he won nothing. And it's we like, have rock stars now, don't you think? Yeah, we have like Jack Hughes. My buddy was at a game a couple you're right. weeks ago. Like, you can't market said, this Devils team. You can't market anybody in New Jersey. So let's Jack hope Hughes they can market the ice on warmups. I mean, this is something we're not used to as a team. Like you're we right. have guys now that like, you know, the Jack Hughes, the Nico. I guess you put Nico up there, but much more dynamic have, team. You're right. Yeah, we have. I mean, there's fans. There. Young fans are dying. We have guys that young fans want to see now. You know, like it's 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 fun in New Jersey. Well, that was what my point was, where I was saying that like the style of play back then didn't attribute it. Now with Very how true. we play, now that we're this offensive juggernaut, we are a team built of young, fast. Cool guys that just want to win hockey games, win cups. It's a completely different demeanor, and it comes across to the casual fan or just you know even the hardcore fan that they are legitimately having a ton of fun and loving what it is that they're doing. Absolutely. Now, I think that Bobby, you're right. Lou Lamorella had a problem with that. He didn't like there to be any kind of individuality on his teams. It wasn't about who you are. It was about the name on front, and that's it. Okay, you're Jack Hughes. You can go make $10 million doing commercials, playing for the Rangers. Go play for the Rangers. You're not doing that here. So the fact that, yeah, there are a lot of those. I mean, the Islanders, they still can't grow freaking facial hair. You know what I mean? Like, like there's an, it's 2023, Lou. Let's, you know, let these guys make some money on this, you know, not just their $3, 4000000 million a year playing hockey. Let them go make it. I mean, another thing about the Devils, we got to talk about this. They got to get some better advertisers. Absolutely, that's like, what I'm saying. Like the the marketing I, landscape is totally skewed for the bigger markets, and that's where you're right. When the Devils have the best product on the way up, at least that you could ask for. So if you can't market New Jersey with this team, you can't market New Jersey. Period. And, and, and you know that's what I hopefully that this will this will come out. And that's why, like, <laughs> you want to know the truth? Like, from marketing standpoint. This is the biggest possible win we could have against the Rangers. If we could beat the Rangers and take the spotlight, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, if you're like into the, you know, what contracts can we sell to this company? That can Jack Hughes be a national? Can he be on Wheaties box? Like, you know, that kind of BS that we as like hockey fans, especially old school ones who love the the Devils that were role players, that's all like, you know, that's what the real question is. If they could beat the Rangers and do well. I think a marketer person will tell you like that's that the most important thing. You right know what's now. cool about that? You're right, and you're right because of this team. Now we've beaten the Rangers before and not taken over. It's just no, mathematically no, they, st- they still were in New York. With they still got the magnet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very had, marketable team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had a couple of guys on, like everybody knew who Brodeur was. Uh, he was, you know, even a guy who had his whole head and face covered, you know, the entirety of the game was very famous, very popular in this area, in New York area. Everybody knew who Marty was. But there was a whole, they were a whole bunch of te- uh, teams made up a whole bunch of role player guys. There weren't many superstars. 
um, that just, like you said, kind of can end up on a Wheaties box. Or not. Of course you could see Jack on a fucking Wheaties box. And Dougie Hamilton. And he, Nico Heischer. And, you know, even even Timo. Yeah, Mercer. And Mercer. This is why these, guys, I love, these guys have star quality. This is why I'm such a huge fan of Patrick Elias. What he was able to do within this structure. And just kind of like borderline, right up to that superstar, but just rein it in just enough where you're, you're not completely like superstar status. But to us, to me... I mean, what that guy did within our system. He had to know that he would have been. Yeah, he would have been like a Yarmer Yager on another team. Yeah. You know, Yager got all the accolades because that's what Pittsburgh does. They were very good at marketing their stars. And um, Eliash was every bit, you know, as important to his team as Yager. It probably could have been marketed very close to a Yager. Never was. You're right, because that was a Lou Lamorello era. And for better or worse. And, uh, you know, I wonder sometimes if Lou saw something about, look, you are in a second-rate market because that's where you are. You're right next to the giant gravity well that is New York, you know, and uh, you know, you're, you will do well in this, taking this back door, you know? And that extended well for his style of play and the era that it was in, with the rules that were there. Um, now we're going in a totally different era, you know, like Fitzgerald's got this team going for the gold and he's, he's pulled out all the stops and, and I'm really excited to see, and I hope they get like, I don't give a shit about money personally as a fan, but I hope to get their comeuppance with, uh, you know, getting some, you know, accolades for that. Tony, you were. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, it's funny we talk about Lou, and I listen. You know, when I first moved over over overseas, I listened to a lot of the Camastrick podcast, a lot of those shows. I listened to a lot of hockey podcasts in general, and I heard a lot of the old Devil players. You know, they had a lot of the old guys on there, and they would say, and I, I'm a Lou guy. I love Lou, but I do agree we're in different times now. But they would say Lou would just sit on the front of the bus, and you would walk on. You, if your tie was not even right, he, you would you would know you're in trouble. You know he like if I think there was a rule uh, two day a two day shave rule, and this guy would they say when you walked on that bus, Lou would just sit there and just stare you up and down when you went on. But there was a respect for that back then. A lot of those players it bought it brought a discipline to the team, and a lot of them say that for these old players, which was a, it did bring a discipline yeah. to the team. But, but now also, that wouldn't work. I don't you, think. Yeah. Well, when you had the hard ass, like we saw how they won in '95 with Jacques Lemaire, and we also saw how a few years after that, Jacques Lemaire's uh, presence wore really thin on that locker room. Right. When you have hard asses from the top all the way down, it can be a lot for a team over a couple of years to just feel like, uh, really, I had my fucking tie slightly crooked enough already. We've just won the fucking Stanley Cup. They wouldn't. It was, and that's why you saw like Jacques go. And this team completely, I think it was Jacques, lost that locker room. And Robbie Fatorek lost that locker room too. And it was when Scott Stevens was captaining and stuff. There, there is a certain um, measured approach to have to being the hard ass. And I think Lamorella does it very good. But it's gotta, you gotta have some type of levity in there for some of these teams and yeah, you know, Larry Robinson maybe, was great at yeah, Larry Larry bridging Robinson that gap right yes and we had a great team we had a great team that was poised to go and win a Stanley Cup but at the same time we had a coaching staff that this team was fucking done with they didn't want to hear anything they knew how to play they felt like they were just all we need is a, just an attaboy pat on the back and let us go do what we do and when you micromanage everything, it gets to be very tedious and could be very annoying. And we saw that. And we saw Larry Robinson come in, basically, you know, take this team over around, what, this time? Maybe a week ago? I think it was like March 20-something. And he did it in 2000. And they go on to win the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I... I Picked that bench off that, the ice, and there he was. 
That's right. That was Fatura. Yeah, I know. Fatura <laughs> through the bench. Yep. Did I, you know, one, right. one more thing on, on old Lou, which so if anyone listening, we love the guy. We're not we're not suggesting anything other. What he did for this team was amazing. But did I ever yeah. tell you guys that I got a call from Lou? No, no. way. Really? Yeah. You want so, to work for him? You know, I was, uh, went to school in New England and uh, in marketing, and I had chosen to do marketing competitions and a report every year that I would bring to national competitions. And I started doing a report as though I was an advertising agency for the New Jersey Devils. I needed something that really, you know, kind of spoke to me. And I ran into a former athletic director who was pals with Lou. And he said, just give me your account. I'll have him, uh, I'll have him call you. I'll, give him, I'll reach out and see if he'd be willing to help you out so you can put together, like, marketing material using what the Devils already have. I'm like, sure, wow. thanks. Sure enough, got a call on my office phone. I mean, I returned it, but it was too late. But I got a voicemail from Lou just offering his help and uh, sent me and got me in touch with their head of marketing over the Devils. And this is way back in like the 90s when head of marketing maybe wasn't doing as much, you know, as the gang's doing now. But I just thought that was super cool. Awesome. He just he took. Why didn't you ever move forward? With I it? did. No, I mean, I called him back, but he gave me all the information I need. So what happened? What was the, the was it a job offer? No, or no, no. Just this like, was just uh, use us as a reference and probably help you with anything. Just, I was getting samples of their marketing material to use for a marketing campaign. Okay, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Pretending I was the devil's marketing agency. Right, but it was just really, awesome, it was really cool for him to throw a kid in college bone like that. And, yeah, I would have thought he would have give you a cease and desist. Like don't mention the <laughs> no, devil. Yeah, exactly. He seems like that kind of guy. Well, yeah. this was, yeah. that's awesome. You know, this was a uh, I'll just Very say cool. a Providence connection. You know, that's his root. Fair so. enough. That's awesome. I mean, it sounds like mafia. That's awesome. Yeah, he definitely has connections. Um, so, guys, we're gonna go play Buffalo, and Luke Hughes is in the lineup. Uh, and exciting, quick little, quick little hot takes, guys. Well, here's the thing: Tone everybody's dead. been saying right, on Twitter. Where and did I cut you off, Tony? No, probably no, deserves all you, buddy. Right. No, just nope, you're, uh, everybody's you're saying it kind of everywhere. But you know, with the uh, <laughs> scoring title on the line for the Devils tonight, and Luke Hughes playing his first game, this could be like double history on one goal. It could be like a Luke mm. Hughes' goal from Jack Hughes. Uh, right. There's so many storylines to look for tonight. It's, it's, I'm just really excited. What if What if Luke hits Jack in the head with a shot from the point and he goes down for the playoffs? <laughs> That'd be the worst you. story. We're gonna blame ever. you for this fucking prediction. <laughs> oh God, I hope <laughs> not. <laughs> Please. And we move. And we move Luke up to second line center yeah. and uh, <laughs> see how he does. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, hot take. Anyone? What do you got? Give me something, Bobby. What you think is going to happen tonight? Give me a hot take. Go. I think it's going to be a scary closer game than it needs to be. We'll win in overtime. Score. Three to two. Scorers. Scorers. Jack Hughes. Mercer. And Luke Hughes. Very nice, Tony. I'm not going to ask you only because you're watching the game now, so I don't want to. So, so I'm just going to uh, say, unfortunately, five. I'm going to say five to two is going to be the final. Devils are going to win, and uh, I think Bobby's right. I didn't think. Oh I my first, God, they're losing two nothing. We're going to get first. I'm not saying anything. We're going to get first place. I, I really believe this. I like. Yes. I didn't believe Bobby at first. I didn't think it was possible, but now I'm saying, hey, I'm down for the ride, Bobby. Let's do it. You know, Luke Hughes. It's exciting to see him play. Um, you know. I think we win this game pretty easy. I'm not going to tell you the goal scorers, so go ahead. Okay, Dan. Uh, yeah, I was going to say 6 nothing Devils with a great amount of production and, and a cakewalk of a game. But then I'm going to go 6-2 because Tony's watching the game. We really are down 2 nothing. Why the fuck do you guys have to run? <laughs> Motherfuckers, we are I don't know. nothing. We are not down 2 nothing. <laughs> All right, well, I just figured if you said 5-2, we must be down 2 nothing. Oh, no. Okay, maybe we're not down All right, 6 nothing. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to that. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think that 
uh, I'm doing a better job of calling the Rangers games. I've so far gotten all of their last four right. I said they were going to beat Tampa, lose to St. Louis. They were going to lose to Buffalo and and lose. And oh, who did I say they were going to win? Who did they beat this weekend? They beat know. somebody. I said they would beat them and they would lose their last two. I said to Buffalo and to Toronto on Thursday. I'm still standing by that. So the Rangers will end up with seven yeah, points. But how about the we Devils? will lose tonight. Okay. Four two. Oof. It's not going to be a good game. Obviously. And Carolina is going to beat Detroit, and we're going to be three points behind. So that's what I'm going with. All right. Using reverse psychology, the magic. Wait. So you're saying your prediction is is bad because you're trying to trick the universe into making the Devils win? Is that, yeah. Oh, exactly. okay. All right. I'm I'm down exactly with that. That's I'm cool. Saying. Yeah. I'm going to so murder girl, a chicken. I'm going to do full on voodoo right now. I say they're going to lose. And then they end up winning. Okay. And I'm wrong. I'm usually wrong most I'm of my predictions. Right now, then they and I don't lose the Stanley Cup. I don't want to be a homer podcast, so I'm going to say Buffalo wins. All right. And guys, do you think Hughes gets to 100? He's only four away, too. Ooh, that's a good question. Yes. yes. 99. Stuck he, at 99, and he hits the point. He gets to 99 this game, and, and he gets to, he gets two over. He gets to 101 Ooh. next game. Oh, I'm going to go 100 even. 100 even, okay. I'm saying 100 even also. Thursday night. Write that down. What was that? 99 with a post Ooh. on Thursday night. Ooh. Ouch. Okay. Ouch. If I get this shit right, I'm going right. to start hanging out with Tony. I don't want to go into the playoffs frustrated. Everything. All right. Well, that's pretty much our show for this evening. Um, on Thursday, we have a lot of fun stuff that we're going to discuss. We got some uh, awards we're going to give out um, to uh, some of our favorite moments of this year's uh, Devil season so far. We're going to um, pretty much have a uh, discuss the final game of the season. We'll have a much, hopefully, a clear indication of where all this is going to land when it finally does. If not, we wait. But we've got the devil you know. We have, um, like I said, our awards and other nonsense and fun stuff to do along the way. So thank you guys so much for checking us out. We are the Uncle Puckers. If you want to reach us on social media, please just reach out, Google us, Uncle Puckers. Somebody will get back to you. If you want to hit us up online, um, it's unclepuckers at gmail.com. We read everything we get. If you have any questions, critiques, concerns, or comments, throw them our way. We'll read them on on the air. And um, pretty much that's about it. So thank us again for checking us out. And we will see you when we see you. Puckers out. Peace. It's over, Johnny. It's It's over. over!